Today's episode of the Film Stage Show is brought to you by MUBI, the online streaming cinema. For your free 30-day trial, go to mubi.com slash filmstage. Back, ladies and gentlemen, to a brand new episode of the Film Stage Show, the movie review podcast for thefilmstage.com. As always, I'm your host, Brian J. Rowan. With me today, we have Michael Snydell. You know, closer wouldn't have made sense, but I kind of wish you would have picked it anyway. <laughs> <laughs> Why? Why would you have wanted me to choose closer? <laughs> because she's a Nine Inch Nails fan, and it would be... Of all the know? other songs you could have chosen, why yes, would I be... Yes. You want me to start <laughs> the first female-centric Marvel film with Closer? Okay, the optics aren't great. But Not perfect. Like uncomfortable. <laughs> Not great, Bob. Anyway, moving on, we also have <laughs> Bill Graham. <laughs> Hello! And with us today to talk about Captain Marvel, a very special guest, it's Danielle Zimmerman. Hello! And I mean, I'm over here dancing, so I prefer this to Closer. <laughs> right, because what do you do to Closer? You, like, moodily nod your head, and then at some point, like, punch a wall. That's... Yeah, sounds that's right. That's how you start a podcast. What, did you what is, not what is the, the mashup? It's Taylor Swift's and uh, Nine Inch Nails. I think it's uh, Head Like a Hole, and then... Um, what is what is that song from hers? The one about how she's better even... than a cheerleader? I, I think We're so. We're never getting back together? <laughs> what, I'm going to Google this. You, okay, you while on. Bill does that, Danielle, why don't you uh, introduce yourselves to our listeners? Tell them a little bit about yourself. Sure. Um, I'm Danielle. I am a writer and podcaster for Hypable.com. Um, I'm the current host of our Rewatchable podcast, where we go back and watch fan favorite TV shows that were maybe canceled too soon um, or that just haven't been watched in a while. I am a huge Marvel fan. Um, currently, I have the faces of a ton of Marvel ladies just like plastered my room. Um, Agent Carter is my favorite, but you know, there's always room for more lady love. Um, and I am excited to be here to talk about Captain Marvel. Awesome. Um, if you ever do a rewatchables of the Fox TV show Drive, which lasted for less than one season... <laughs> And okay. starred Nathan Fillion. Please have me on. And Emma okay. Stone. <laughs> I will write this one down. We always look for uh, shorter runs, so that works. What what show are you doing right now, Danielle? So we are currently doing um, Agent Carter, which kind oh, of dovetails nicely into what we're talking about today. But yeah, my second favorite show of all time with my favorite lady. <laughs> well, Drive only apparently aired for six episodes, so... Keep that Less than a full season. You weren't wrong. Also involved uh, Melanie Linsky, Emma Stone. It's an insane show. Dylan Baker. This is the third time we've talked about this show. I am slowly and subtly trying to turn this entire podcast into a drive podcast. I just have to, <laughs> but, pitch but it not right. the movie. No, not the movie. God <laughs> yeah. no. Yeah. Okay. Oh, God, no. Oh. Uh, I mean, I love that movie, but we don't need to podcast about it. We need to podcast about the Fox original series, Drive. Um, Let's move (laughs) on. Danielle, welcome. This is what it's like. (laughs) Oh, this is great. I'm looking Uh, forward to this. Well, I mean, it's about to get even crazier. Uh, Brian, I need you to Google Taylor Swift, (laughs) shake it off, uh, the perfect drug, and then load that in the background while I talk about... uh, 
I don't need to get introduced, so I don't know why I'm trying to stall for yeah, time. Yeah, what the hell are you doing? <laughs> do I don't you want know. me to like have this during your nutshell review? Uh, yeah, that would be amazing. Okay, great. I'll do that for <laughs> yeah. you because I am a kind and generous <laughs> lord and master of this podcast. That's, that's what I want. That's what I want from you. <laughs> and this entire conversation is staying in. Um, so yeah, we're here to talk about Captain Marvel, the 21st film in the Marvel Cinematic Universe, the first to center a female protagonist. Uh, we're going to talk about it before we do that. The usual stuff. Find us on Twitter at Film State Show, Facebook, The Film State Show. Email us, podcast at filmstage.com. And give us a comment and rating on iTunes. Also, don't forget to go to patreon.com slash the Film Stage Show to give us your money to help us create more great classic episodes like the ones that you may have enjoyed recently, all of which feature Denzel Washington and many of which feature <laughs> Tony Scott. <laughs> it was a good run. We are going to do something different next time. <laughs> we actually got a great email from oh. someone who uh, offered us up a... Uh, what's that thing? Suggestion. Who offered us up a suggestion. Yep. And uh, because they emailed us and took the time, we're going to do that. So I'm not going to tell you what it is, but just know that we are listening and your voice does matter. In addition, we are brought to you you're, by Mubi. The you're not even going to like tease cinema. it, Brian? You can't no. tease it in any way? All right. I did tease Fine. it. Someone told us what to do and we're doing it. <laughs> <laughs> All right. All right. <laughs> if you've ever sent us an email with a suggestion of, of a classic review, it might be you. Uh, all of all of like five people that have probably done that. <laughs> yeah. We are also brought to you by Mubi. Where they're uh, the online streaming cinema, where their beautiful, talented curators every day introduce a new film for you to watch and enjoy for thirty days. So it's a constantly rotating selection of thirty films. What have we got going on now? It's their what is an auteur series. Currently, mm-hmm. Abel Ferreira is being highlighted. However, we will soon be talking about yes. Transit by yes, Christian Petzold, and there are two Christian Petzold films up on there. Three. There's oh, well, oh, two. No, two. I was including the one that's not out yet. <laughs> Correct. Yeah, we, we have a screener of that, Mike. That doesn't sure. count. <laughs> oh, was I not supposed to give that to everybody? Mike's <laughs> <laughs> just been tweeting out the, the Vimeo link for transit to all of his many hundred followers. Anyway, so if you would like to see Barbara or Phoenix, Phoenix, which, of course, was featured on this show, and we did a full review of it by Christian Check it out. Go to MU bi.com slash film stage in order to get a free 30-day trial not only that but uh in celebration of international women's day which was this past friday they have released the bigamist by ida lupino so in in line with today's uh female-centric marvel pick that is an excellent film to check out as well again a free 30-day trial all you got to do go to mubi.com slash film stage and that's it. We've made it through the madness. Danielle, thank you for bearing with us. We are now actually going to talk about the movie that we had you on here to talk about. And that, of course, is Captain Marvel. 21st film in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. This movie directed by Anna Boden and Ryan Fleck. It stars Brie Larson and Samuel L. Jackson. So... Scrolls are the bad guys. And you're a Kree, a race of noble warriors. Heroes. Noble warrior heroes. 
That is the opening of the trailer for Captain Marvel. It's out in theaters now. Let's see what we thought of it. So, nutshell spoiler-free reviews first, and we will start with our guest, Danielle. What did you think of Captain Marvel? Oh man, that's a lot of pressure. Um, I really enjoyed it. I thought it was a fun movie. Uh, It is not anything groundbreaking in terms of things that we haven't seen in the Marvel Universe, aside from the fact that uh, it stars a woman, finally. Um, But I do think that it is a good installment in their 21 movie catalog. All right. Let's now turn our ears to Bill Graham. Bill, we of course set this up, so give me one second. Okay. I got my head, but my head is unraveling. Can't keep control, can't keep track of where it's traveling. I got my heart, but my heart's Mother of God. Good. Okay, Bill Graham. <laughs> it works. It works so well. It doesn't need to work, and I don't know why it works so well. Um, anyways. Okay, second second in now. Okay, um, fading it out. <laughs> uh, yeah, that that was uh, shake it off and the perfect drug mixed together, which apparently makes the perfect song. I I listened to that like twenty times in a row at one point uh, when I found out about it like two years ago. So that's an insight into me that probably nobody needs to know. Uh, anyways, I thought this movie was perfectly fine. It is perfectly capable. Unfortunately, it has a lot riding on it. Um, I think it's, uh, callbacks to nineties era is a little bit too much on the nose in point in case. I don't think we ever see Carol Danvers, AKA Veers, AKA Captain Marvel ever actually not wearing a, uh, like a logo t-shirt at any point like she's got a heart t-shirt she's got a guns and roses t-shirt she's got a nine inch nails oh hey did you know grunge was something in the 1995 uh yeah she's got a plaid shirt at one point you know um this film is very on the nose with a lot of its themes and mantras that being said i think there's a lot of enjoyment that they could have mined that this film gives a glimmer to uh particularly in Ben Mendelsohn and yeah, it's, it's fun. It's light. It's not exactly what I was expecting from a film that has a lot writing on it. Like, like this one does, which is also interesting because it was given to a, a married filmmaking duo that have been playing in the independent film. I feel like this was more of a, like should have been set up with one of the uh, Russo brothers, but I guess they're kind of busy doing that Avengers Endgame thing or something. So, um, yeah, no, I, I mean the the film's perfectly fine, but uh, I I guess I was coming in expecting more, and it it still cleared the bar. But I mean that I don't know the the, the Marvel machine feels like it was running on all cylinders after uh black panther and then uh, Mar- uh avengers uh infinity war and then we get this one and it's not necessarily a dud oh i missed ant-man in between there but you know ant-man <laughs> uh but uh this one's not necessarily a dud but it's just kind of like in the middle tier and i feel like it could have been so much more and it should have been so much more but that's too much pressure on any film so um yeah perfectly enjoyable all right 
Michael Snydell. Yeah, I'm on uh, two minds of this. I, in, uh, on, on one hand, you know, I did just think this was very fine, but I also think that I, I, I have kind of unfair expectations for all of these Marvel movies, even when they don't have a loaded connotation or the double standard that comes with, you know, having a centering a you know person of color or a woman or, or something. In the case of uh, Captain Marvel and Black Panther, which are unfortunately two that are you know, uh, lifted up with a, a certain like political expectation. So in, in that sense, I, I, I want to be careful in how I actually view this. Cause I, I have had fatigue for comic book movies for, for years now. Like even when people who like really love these felt that the, the peak was there, I keep trying to, find something in them that kind of draws me back in. And, you know, like with Black Panther, there there were parts of it that definitely did. And, you know, throughout every once in a while, there's a character or there's a, a comic timing that works for me. But just over and over, I get a, a feeling of sameness with this. And so I, I, I don't want to necessarily discount my own opinion, but I also want to I, I want to even take it with a, with a grain of salt just because this this is weird in the sense that a lot of times um, this is this is not my uh, my words, but I, I still love it. Stephanie Zakarek at time uh, described this as uh, an extended Nike ad. And she means that with all the positive and, uh, you know, negative things that come with that. And so uh, so even even in terms of the Marvel movies that work for me a little bit more, this is this is not one of them. Um, but then again, I also think that the weird conflict that's always going to happen is that like this is fun for a while, but even beyond the expectations of like social expectations and uh, the really disgusting uh, trolls who have kind of you know. Uh, come to this movie like a feeding frenzy. Um, it, it also is like it has to come in this in this franchise, and just the fact that this needs to be like, you know, this needs to be the the great hope for the Avengers franchise. And I, as I, 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 it's unavoidable at this point that um, it just can't it just can't get away from that for me. So I, on one hand. I, I'm I'm almost conditioned to find how much this ends up feeling like a product to be a disappointment. But then I also keep hoping, you know, every time there's a new uh, good actor or a new good director, I keep hoping that they'll, you know, sneak something in. And I just don't think uh, they really succeed. So for me, um, there are things to like in this movie. Uh, one of them is Brie Larson as a kind of quipping, smirking, all-powerful superhero. Yeah, we haven't said that enough. She is very all-powerful. <laughs> I don't... Yeah. So, uh, Superman-esque in a way. Yeah. Yes. I don't yeah. know anything at all about most <laughs> comic book characters. Can, do you, do you want to ask? Brian? Not presently. Maybe. Okay. okay. <laughs> Maybe in a bit. Because okay. okay. here's, here's the thing. I am um, 
uh, like Batman, you watch a Batman movie and they're like, this is a rich guy, he's Batman. And then they introduce like a gadget and then he uses the gadget and you're like, cool, cool, cool. So I didn't, I didn't really know anything about Captain Marvel coming into this movie. And I don't feel afterwards as though this movie has done a lot to educate me about Captain Marvel. And that is sort of a problem because she's eventually going to, I guess, be the, the linchpin in a fight that's coming. And so this is sort of my my whole roundabout issue with the movie. It's a piece of a massive puzzle that is being constructed at a cost of like 150 to $200 million a pop that is going to lead into a movie that's coming out this summer. And it's just sort of almost impossible to watch it or judge it on its own merits. Mm-hmm. And I think that it does everything it needs to do, and I just am uninterested in it and generally bored by it, except for the little sparks of of Brie Larson and Samuel L. Jackson, who is, I mean, maybe we could talk about this later, de-aged in this movie and <laughs> is is like, I think it's really good. Maybe mm-hmm. people will disagree. Um but like otherwise i'm just sitting there and it's it's kind of plotting it's kind of samey and i don't see the point um and i'm sure it'll all come to be in in end game but up front i'm just kind of i watched it and it was over and i was like cool and then i left and then i had to write a review and i saw this on a tuesday and we're recording on a sunday and i'm legitimately concerned that i've forgotten most of the movie which, uh, you know, is an issue. But maybe that'll drive repeat business. I don't know. <laughs> so, yes. That is, that, is, that is my basic review of Captain Marvel. It happens, it's sort of fine, and then it evaporates. Mm-hmm. And I just, you know, Michael, you were talking about the trolls and everything. And that's true. And it, it is great that like we're seeing women people of color take center stage in these movies and i am 100 percent on board for that in all ways and i but i still like it still needs to function as a movie and you know i just don't think this one really did um and it kind of bums me out because there's nothing i love more than than pissing off comic book fans uh the right kinds of comic book fans uh every time i give (laughs) A DC movie, a bad grade. I get to piss off those particular people. And I wish I could have written a glowing review about this film to piss them off further. Mm-hmm. Now, that having been said, I do... I, I, I'm curious. Who here <laughs> believes that they are most knowledgeable about Captain Marvel in, its, in her comic formation? Danielle, is that you? Um possibly i haven't read a ton of her books uh but i know general information um, so i'm curious and a little bit of where she's been does this does this movie like reflect that character well um it's it's difficult to say because uh you said you liked brie larson and to me she didn't have enough gravitas to be carol um and so I'm kind of stuck between enjoying parts of her performance and what she was doing and kind of wishing that there was more of the Carol that I know or the Carol that I am familiar with in it. Mm. Um, 
I would say that it's pretty close in terms of personality. At least what they were trying to get with Brie Larson is pretty close to how Carol is. It just, like, it, it wasn't fully formed, I don't think. Um, but she is very much someone who is self-reliant, um, someone who kind of pushes her own boundaries to see what's possible. Um, and yeah, um, <laughs> I don't know. Can, what can I chime of, in here? Yeah, sure. Okay. Um, so I, I think, and if, if I'm overstepping, just please let me know. But I think most fans of Captain Marvel nowadays are going to be familiar with her because of Kelly Sue DeConnick. And uh, she had a very influential run recently when Marvel, just like DC, rebooted their entire line. And uh, Kelly Sue DeConnick had a, a couple of runs on the Mar Captain Marvel uh title and that's the one that i've read that's the one i'm most familiar with and she is a fucking masterful like a she has a cameo in this movie yes um, she does B, uh she also is like a very good writer and she gives captain marvel a lot of things beyond what we've normally kind of associated with uh, Captain Marvel. Captain Marvel has always been kind of the sexy, uh, weird character that's kind of a Superman-esque kind of figure. She's got a long history of, like, uh, backstory and things like that that gets super fucking complicated, but Kelly really kind of honed it in and, like, made it very easy and uh, fun to read, and she took some of the sex appeal and kind of toned it down and had more fun with it. It's a little bit more lighthearted and airy. All of that being said, um, this, her character really is a force to be reckoned with. And she is very much of her own being and she knows who she is. There is no like, uh, time lapse thing going on. She's not confused about who she is or is she, is she not, um, that this film kind of plays with. And so I feel like maybe Captain Marvel number two will get that character. But for now, we have to kind of run through this plot line of she doesn't know who she is. And so maybe in the next iteration, they'll kind of let, uh, Brie Larson as a actress kind of hone in on that. And I'm curious to see what they do with her in Endgame because obviously she's been, uh, uh, I, yeah, I'll, I'll save some of that. Uh, we'll, we'll see what they do with her in Endgame. So. And I think that kind of touches back on a previous point about like how we don't know what her powers are or we don't have a good idea of who she is, but that's because she doesn't know who she is. True, true. Right, yeah. and I, I can I understand that if it's, I don't know, like the first third of the movie, but sure, it takes a while to get there, and when it happens, I'm not sure the mechanism of unleashing her power, which is, is something that we'll have to talk about in spoilers. But I guess in in general, Captain America did the first Avenger did a very good job of like kind of giving you what he he was and like letting you know. And at the end of this movie, Captain Marvel feels a little bit like a Tony Stark who doesn't need his Iron Man suit. 
like so, clips, so, uh, laser rays, yeah. ability mm-hmm. to fly. Like, yeah, it, it, it's it's funny because like th- this kind of gets brought up with uh, Scarlet Witch in all of the Avenger films and things like that, where people are like, okay, but how powerful is she? And we're, everybody in the MCU that like watches and like is like, yeah. Um, like everybody's just like shrug emoji, like maybe sure. the most powerful mutant alive slash. I can't say that word because Fox, but, uh, you know, like maybe, but also like she gets knocked out like 50% of the time when she's in a battle and you're just like, uh, but she's like super fucking powerful. Like even as the movies have established her and yet she still is like unable sure. to really like, like manifest that. And that's the, that's the issue with all of these films is as soon as they start bringing in the Scarlet, Witches, the captain Marvel's and some of these characters that where it's not just like Thor has a hammer and he's like the lightning God. And you're like, okay, okay. I, I, I kind of get that. Like, <laughs> you know, he's not invincible, but he's like kind of invincible. Sure. And then you throw in Scarlet Witch and you throw in uh, Vision and you throw in Captain Marvel. And all of a sudden you're like, okay, but like how powerful? Or Doctor Strange is what Doctor Strange is sure. for me as well. Yeah. And it's, it gets, it gets weird because even, even like the comics, like nerds fight about this shit where it's like, <laughs> who would win in a battle versus this guy and this girl or whoever? And it's just like, nobody fucking knows, man. Like, like, and you're dealing with 60, 70 years of comics books history. And you're just like, again, it's just shrug emoji. You know, it's just like, I don't know. I don't I don't know how powerful she is because even this film doesn't know how powerful she is because she gets like knocked around at some point and then like flies right through a ship. And you're just like, okay, but like that doesn't make sense. (laughs) You know, it's just like, uh, again, yeah, I don't know. Well, I'm Uh, I'm curious whether uh, Bill, uh, you and uh, Danielle, I'm curious whether like. I, Danielle, I guess you I haven't really said uh, you were talking a little bit about, uh, you know, the, the not knowing the sense of power as well. But I, I'm just wondering, like, I don't know, I get the sense from what Brian is saying that we kind of both almost see that as a failure. Like, I, I would just like I was just thinking a little bit earlier today. Um, I was actually talking in our Slack about how right after Guardians, all this conversation was about how Marvel was going to get so weird and how were they going to, you know, render, you know, quantum realms and like these cosmic superpowers and all of these ideas that were that like weren't obvious to who can punch someone harder. Like, like there's all of those ideas seem like they've been embedded over the last couple years. And like, the problem is because they didn't, you know, like determine what who is actually more powerful or create some kind of hierarchy. Like I, I don't I don't really know what to do with all of the like constant posturing and constant entrances of things like in something like Infinity War. Like I get that it's fan service. I get that it's cool on its own, but I have a real difficult time in finding stakes and to take that back to captain Marvel, I think I, I don't necessarily feel the same about as Brian did about the end of this, but I do think there, 
it's a continual problem of how you handle powers and still make the you know a relatable arc It seems like you were going to ask a question. Yeah, the, yeah, I'm not sure what the question is. Oh, shit. <laughs> oh boy. Uh, uh, the question- uh, here, here, let me let me take it a little bit, Mike. Um, have they done more, than a, a, more of a comment? Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> oh have, no. Have they done a good job of at least establishing what is the hierarchy for you, Danielle? In. In terms of like powers and and that kind of stuff, I guess um, that's so. how yeah. I would I would put that question. Like at yes. the end of this movie, did you feel like oh shit, Captain Marvel's here? It's a whole new ball game now. What does it even matter? I, I guess is even a better. <laughs> well, that's what I was gonna say. I would say no, but I okay. don't think that we can at the end of this movie. Um, one, she's never called Captain Marvel within this mm-hmm. movie. So this is her kind of becoming Captain Marvel, and we don't quite see the end of it. She's had at least 25 years since the end of this movie to kind of like hone in on her skills. So to me, this was very much an origin story, and it kind of stops at the end of the origin. Um, it's like and if so I Spider-Man don't... was an origin film, and it ended with him like figuring out how to make web shooters. Yeah. Pretty much. Is that yeah? Like, does that feel like an apt I, <laughs> analogy? I don't think so because she is able to do things and yeah. she is able to use her powers. She just is not aware of the full extent of her powers. Gotcha. Mm. Sure. Okay. Sure. Yep. And so I think that would be a difficult kind of comparison to make. Um, I think that we see a glimpse of the things that she can do when I don't know if we're going into kind of spoiler territory at this point. Um, but in kind of the, the final lightly. Yeah. Okay. (laughs) In the final battle, we see her struggling with control when she has it. It's impressive when she doesn't, it's like, Oh shit, but in a good way. And so I think, we, I'm not clear in terms of the movies where she is power wise, but those oh shit glimpses, if I can say that, I should have checked first. Um, <laughs> yeah, that's fine. You can curse on this <laughs> podcast. Cool. Uh, those glimpses kind of give me an idea of where she can fall, if that makes sense at all. That does. That does make sense to me. I think that. I think that maybe one of my issues is we've said this is the 21st movie in this Marvel series. And I'm kind of, uh, I'm kind of ready for people to just show up fully formed. I'm, um, (laughs) Mm -hmm. especially because I don't feel like the, the little glimpses we get at backstory in this movie uh, amount to much in the grand scheme of things. And even what we learn about her because of the amnesia plot that they have, it feels so alien and distant to her that at the end of the movie, uh, we're, we're just going to have to go into spoilers at some point, but I'll just say this. At the end of the movie, it feels more like she is has read a Wikipedia entry about herself than that she has recovered <laughs> her own memories. Indeed. Indeed. And yes. I, That's interesting. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like her personality doesn't shift. It's it, like, and maybe this is just... The strength of her personality is that even without all of her memories, she still had this kind of this kind of you know snarky, 
quippy, badass thing going on. But I just, it never felt like, oh, she's snapped back and she's like, I know who I am. Like, it, it just, uh, she just now knows some specifics about herself that she didn't know previously. And so the arc felt, what is the word that I am looking for? That's not the word that's in my head. Um, it just felt stunted. It felt not quite fully baked. It, it, uh, it kind of, and that, you know, melded with the mushiness I feel of her power set, as we understand at the end, kind of left me feeling not a lot of, like, juice. There wasn't a lot of, like, electricity or or photonic fire, I guess, to be (laughs) in line with the theme. Uh, When I left the movie, because I was like, oh, okay, like, uh, so, but, like, you know, who is this person? And and that was kind of an issue for me. But I feel like... Sorry, I'm sorry, go ahead. go ahead. No, I was going to kind of go off a tangent of what you something you mentioned and ask a question. Okay. Um I will I will just finish up by saying that is not a problem that is specific to Captain Marvel though. Uh that is a problem that a lot of these movies have had anytime that they do a thing like this. Like even Thor at the end of Thor feels a lot like the character from the beginning of Thor but like only incrementally changed. In terms of like, you're supposed to learn humility. And he's like, I guess I'm not the best, but I'm certainly one of the best. (laughs) Uh, But Danielle, what were you going to say? So you had mentioned how this is like the 21st movie. And by this point, like you're kind of over these things, which is completely valid. Um, Mm -hmm. And I think that in terms of placement, this movie felt very much like Ant-Man 2 to me in that it was a palate cleanser. But nobody's calling it that because we kind of already had that. Um, but this movie was also pushed back multiple times. Sure. This was pushed back for Spider-Man. Once we got the rights to use Spider-Man and the Avengers, it got pushed back for black Panther. And so I'm what's, wasn't she even supposed to be in the, she was supposed to be teased at the end of the first Avengers, I believe if I'm not mistaken, or Um, maybe, maybe. Maybe that was the second Avengers. I yeah, yeah. It was, second Avengers yeah, sounds more likely Avengers. than first. Yeah. Um, That's a but yeah, so <laughs> like her name yes. has been out there, and I'm curious as to whether we would feel as tired with this sort of mm. origin story if it had happened when it originally was supposed to, back when I think she had what now is Spider-Man Homecoming's slot in terms of release, or was, even if she had had Black Panther's slot. So or Black, even Ant-Man 2. Black Panther was last year, right? Well, I feel like, like that was January. Black Panther <laughs> was last February, right before okay. Avengers 3. Okay. That was and the lead into Avengers 3. Homecoming was the year previous. Yes. And, and and let's, let's set before it up. Thor. More than likely, if she would have had her own origin story film, she would have already come fully formed at the end of one of these Avengers films. Just like kind of the way that Black Panther is seated in – what is it? Old, uh, no, uh, Captain America Civil War, right? So she probably would have been involved in one of those – those team up films and then gotten her own kind of origin ish thing. So So. I, um, I think I've, I think I've discerned in my own mind an answer to the question that Danielle posited, but in order to do it, we've got to go to spoilers. 
So mm, okay. Before okay. we do that, any final comments about this movie before we start ruining it? I mean, as we already said, I just uh, I, I can't believe we're doing an amnesia amnesia story. <laughs> like, like I'm sorry, but like 21 no, movies. No, no, yeah, yeah. This okay. wasn't there already a Vision amnesia story too. <laughs> I thought Vision just didn't have personality because he was like a newborn. Yeah, I I don't know. I, anyway, sorry, I just wanted to say amnesia. Mm, no, no. <laughs> okay, so that's what that's what I, I that's actually a good lead in. So to answer your question about if it had been entered in earlier, would it feel less tired and unnecessary or, or whatever? I said that I can't remember now. Um, are, are we going to spoilers? Oh yeah, we're in spoilers I, I, now. Okay, okay. Yep. Just want to make sure that's crystal clear. <laughs> Everyone has already seen this movie. This movie made like five hundred million dollars this weekend. Yeah, um, yeah. So, honestly, so here's the thing: I think this movie, in attempting to circumvent the usual pacing and and like construction of a an origin story, makes itself a worse origin story. And oh I think it also involves a twist that is not suitable for an origin story. So. I think there's a lot of issues mm. with it. I sort of would have been really on board with a linear telling of this story. I think that that almost would have been better for me in terms of my ability to grasp this character. To, to be specific, can you tell me exactly what you mean by that? I don't know. The first 20 minutes are her in flight school. and Okay. And then stuff happens and then she wakes up in in creville um what's it called holla holla yes yep. oh holla holla yeah. okay then she wakes up in holla and they're like you're like you know super powered and we saved you and you're gonna you're gonna like win with us and they're like oh okay great and then let's say that like she goes through a whole movie and like defeats some galactic menace and they're like your training is over and now you're gonna help us fight the scroll and she's like, great. And then you have your two post-credit sequences. And then, like, the next film, you can have her realize that the the scroll mm. aren't, like, the bad guys and all that stuff happens. I think it's weird that she... The scroll have never come up before? <laughs> I just assume they had and I forgot. <laughs> I know that the Kree came up in Thor 2? No, that was the Dark Elves. Guardians. Guardians. Guardians, that's the one. Yes, Ronan the Accuser. The other blue who, guy with dark eyes. Yes, yes, who who appears without like the black flaked like makeup on his chin, but otherwise the same Lee Pace that we've seen before. The Lee Pace. And Dimashan Hunsu as well, correct? Sure, sure. Yes. Okay. Yes. So does that like does that kind of make sense? Like this movie yeah. feels like a second movie and I feel like it keeps me at an arm's length from this character, but it also feels like they felt almost as though like, well, we're 21 movies in, we can't like start in the 80s with her in flight school. I I, I think you're honing in on something smart, Brian, because oh, I you. feel like <laughs> I I feel like this movie was fucked no matter what because because of the timing and you know Danielle's already mentioned how many times they've tried to like integrate this character and been like no 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 let's pull it back oh, oh maybe oh we got Spider-Man well we got to fucking do a Spider-Man movie you know and it's just like ah damn it guys and so this is kind of 
I, I, I really, really feel for this directing duo. I really feel for all the writers involved. And there was like five writers, which probably isn't as many writers as they actually had writing on this film, but you know, five credited, um, I just feel for everybody involved in this film because they were just like, here's your round peg, right? And and you got to fit in that square hole. And it's just like, can we just make you smaller? And I, it's like, I guess that's what they tried to do. Um, like this film really has a tough road to try and weave in between Infinity War, all of this other stuff. And she hasn't had proper setup yet. And it's just like, man. And, and like you're saying, yeah, they didn't want to do a, a, uh, a origin story. So they came up with this amnesia plot, but they didn't have time to do a second Captain Marvel film. So her character arc is just completely jumbled. I, I really feel that. So. Danielle is the person who appeared to like the movie the most. <laughs> does that like, does that, does my reaction kind of make sense to you? Oh, for sure. I think the more I think about it, the more I do agree that it feels like a second movie in a lot of ways. Um, it feels very winter soldiery to me, um, just with a slightly less impactful twist to it. Mm-hmm. Um, and I also would have really liked to have seen early Carol Danvers as Carol Danvers pilot. Um, that was actually something that I was expecting to see more of when I walked into this movie um, mm. and was disappointed walking out when I didn't get that. There's so actually, I think the points are valid to that point. Sure. Um, I was kind of a karaoke the same. scene. Honestly. They, yeah. <laughs> like, love to see the whole like, karaoke she's like Top Gun, right? We're well, just gonna well, throw in some yeah. Hey, hey, I don't know if y'all know this, but uh when she has a sequence in in uh Scott Pilgrim, she's actually singing this who's the band that she's doing uh, the cover for? Yeah, she's actually singing that song uh yeah, I can't great. remember Yeah, so she completely she, forgot and, about and Scott she, Pilgrim. She actually like did a whole like she's got a whole career where she was trying to be a singer. So was she trying like, to be a singer, or did she just happened to be a good singer. No, 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 no. She was trying to be a singer for yeah, sure. She had, she has an album. What? Yeah. yeah, yeah. No, no, no. She she tried to do it as a young girl, and then she ended up making an album. I think later on, and a little bit later on in life. I'm so, calling it now. Then yeah. Brie Larson is definitely on season two of The Masked Singer. <laughs> Okay. Um, oh man, that's 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 really pulling from the ether. Damn, Brian. <laughs> I mean, it's immensely popular, so I don't know. So I um, I want to latch on to something Danielle said. I was also expecting a lot of fighter piloting. Um, I you know, yeah. not to not to evoke the ghost of a dead franchise, but um, Green Lantern springs to mind. (laughs) That's a dude who was a fighter pilot and became a uh, ethereally powerful, godlike superhero. And um, I was sort of looking forward to that. You know, I I too, you know, as not to talk about more Tony Scott films, but as a child, I loved Top Gun. And so I was sort of ready for this movie to be like half Brie Larson in a, in a jumpsuit, you know, you know what, 86 or 88, whenever it is like, you know, scaring Migs in the Baltic sea or something. 
And people online have said, like, what we should really be talking about is that this movie is like militaristic propaganda. I don't know that you <laughs> ever see her flying a normal plane in this movie. It's like once. <laughs> it feels like they like didn't. Ha- this is a crazy thing to say about a movie this large, but it feels like they didn't have the budget for it. So they're just like, we can have her constantly standing near the planes. They had permission from the <laughs> Air take Force. Take lots as of well. photos near the planes. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> She's like, At that we, can, bar. we can have 20 photos of her near a plane. <laughs> we can have four shots of her standing near a plane and actually speaking. But dear God, she's never allowed to actually get in one. She, she, she's in the cockpit, but is it flying? No, because I, I can I can recognize the uh, she gives like the uh, the Aloha or the Hawaiian like. Uh, oh, the hang ten type of thing. Yeah, yeah. She she gives that while in the cockpit to I think Rambo a couple of times in the in the film. So I can definitely like picture her in the cockpit of one of those planes. But yeah, is she flying at any point? <laughs> no. She flies Just the, the, the super Just secret. In the flashback. Yeah. 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 Which is in a future plane. It's not even in oh, in fair a point. F- yeah yeah. In a I mean, F-16 they weren't allowed to whatever. fly. Apparently, the women weren't allowed to fly those yeah. missions, which is why well, they went into Pegasus, which I was like, oh, that's not great. I, I mean, they weren't they weren't able to fly in combat missions. They were able to fly the the F-16s or whatever, whatever the, the vehicle was back then. So they were able to, to fly. They just weren't able to go into combat scenarios. Right. So. She's, I was expecting... Carol Danvers, ace fighter pilot with like, you know, little yes, skull yes. and crossbones on her on her tail, you know, for like, this is how many bogeys I've shot down. And um, didn't get that. Um, I, I also I think that I think that was actually all I had to say. <laughs> it's well, just I, too, let me, was let me, a little blown away by add, the lack of fighter piloting. Let me add something, Brian, because it's it's funny that you mention uh, Green Lantern, uh, his origin story where he mm-hmm. basically gets all of his powers from a being that basically kind of crash lands on his planet. Um, that's pretty much the exact origin story of Captain, Captain Marvel. Marvel as well. Uh, Marvel is who's played by Annette Benning. I don't know why, but you know, because it's she, awesome, Bill. Uh, you know, whatever. Uh, she's in this movie. She's, she's, a she's wearing some. She's wearing some crazy green contacts at some point. Uh, she actually is a male in the comics, and her name, of course, is Marvel. And mm-hmm. she actually, just similarly to Green Lantern, as told by the movie Green Lantern, is basically gifts her powers to captain marvel so it's it's they're like you know and and this thing happens a lot in the comic books like you know where a lot of these characters just kind of look the same and and they're from dc or marvel or whatever but yeah they have a very similar uh backgrounds both are like fighter pilots and then like a alien crash lands and they're like what the fuck are you doing here and they're like hey here's this superpower now you have it and yeah that's kind of very similar origin stories so it's not just that they have a fighter pilot background is what you're kind of keying in on brian yeah i don't think i you didn't even know you didn't even know i did not no (laughs) 
I Perhaps was, they just didn't want this to be like Green Lantern, which is why yeah. they made all these changes that maybe didn't work then in this context. Sure. <laughs> That's funny, though, because I think that like they were like, oh, they're like, nope. Yeah. <laughs> but all those things in Green Lantern could work in a good movie. Like, I, you know, not not saying that, like, these people had to just stealth remake Green Lantern, though. That would be funny. Um, <laughs> I am. Um, I'm I'm curious for all of us here. We're. The parts of this movie that you liked most, are they like the quippy, oddball buddy cop comedy kind of dialogue stuff? Are they the rah-rah Nike style like empowerment stuff? Or is it like the action scenes? Because for <laughs> me, it's, it's definitely the buddy cop stuff. I think that almost every scene between Larson and, and uh, Samuel Jackson is is like really good. They've got chemistry. They do. Yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll let I'll let some other people chime in before I I start talking about Ben Mendelsohn. So, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I will jump in there with you when you get to that point because he was definitely a <laughs> highlight for me. Um, but I would say none of the above to your question. That's not the the stuff that I like the best. The stuff that I like the best wasn't the in your face like you should smile more. Or, um, mm. although I did God, enjoy I it, the on your, on the nose, I'm just a girl sequence. Um, <laughs> you are the, the, I just need to say this as far as I know, you are the only living human being on earth who enjoys that needle drop. <laughs> I, I enjoyed it. No, I enjoyed it. But, but, but yeah, I have, I heard, I have seen tweets. I have heard of, podcasts. Yeah. I it's have read not the greatest thing, but it was enjoyable enough. I think. <laughs> Look, it, it's a good um, song. So, you know, yeah. but, Whatever, whatever gets me that song in a in a major motion picture, I'm kind of I'm kind of down with. Yeah, <laughs> Even exactly. though it's yeah, yeah. Go ahead. Um, but the the stuff that I liked the most was actually the the quiet moments. So the moments with Maria and Monica. Mm-hmm. That's what I liked the best. I loved seeing all of their interactions. I loved seeing their friendship. Um, I just liked seeing them helping each other and just being there when carol was in those moments that's the time where i thought i felt the most carol danvers out of the whole movie i can i can agree with that like that those were really good moments and i think that the thing that keeps me from plucking them out and holding them up in the way that i do with the fury danvers stuff is um again just the issue of her not knowing so it's not like she comes back and she like cries and they embrace and they start talking about the good old days or that we even really get to see much of the good old days she she wanders in and again she's like okay like clearly we used to be friends you got a cute kid so i don't want anything to happen to that kid but i'm still like, it just still doesn't it didn't hit for me that hard and i think that that's one of those things that i feel that the composition of the movie kind of hindered for me which mm-hmm. sucks because um Rambo is a great character and uh, uh, Lashana Lynch plays her just like so well. Like her reaction shots to things are amazing. Her like powerful, like I think she has like three different speeches that are all just like knocked out of the park. And I really wish that in addition to just generally appreciating her craft, I had been able to feel that emotional uplift as well. Well, I think it's I think it's interesting too, in the sense that uh, Danielle, it's really interesting that you picked that out, and because I think those were probably the most 
that I felt like the director. Like I was feeling a sense of uh, like just that there was such a, a rhythm there that wasn't like, you know, action scene, punchline, action scene, punchline. Like there was a there's a real sense of like character development there that I didn't really feel in the rest of the movie. And like and it's interesting, too, because like I, I think that the rest of it is is very watchable but it doesn't seem like it has that like each in like any individual scene has a lot of consequence until that uh monica and maria scenes and the scenes even with monica and, and carol even as uh you know carol doesn't remember monica that much like so it's uh i'm just i'm glad you pointed those out because i think they're getting forgotten a little bit uh, I do want to mention if anybody is actually keeping tabs on like a very nerdy fucking level. Uh, Maria is uh, the older one and Monica is the young daughter that apparently remembers everything about uh, Carol Danvers past bes- despite being like eight or like six years old probably at the time and is like, Hey, let me tell you your origin story as we go through these photos. <laughs> it's just like, what? But how do you remember all this shit? Like, even if, even if you were 11 or like a grown ass adult, like if you were able to tell me my backstory through like a photo montage, I would still be weirded out, but that you were probably six at the time. And like your aunt Carol died. <laughs> yeah. I'm just like, Wow. Okay. I just assumed that was like a story. Like, mom, tell me a story. Tell me a story about Aunt Carol. Kind sure. Of thing. Yeah, I assume okay. that I assumed okay. the same thing pretty much. Yeah. Like, you're a child. That person was that important to you. Maybe you. I'm a terrible like, person. Prime memories. I'm I'm a terrible person. Bill just has no, no faith that when he dies, anyone points. will remember him. <laughs> <laughs> um, I do want to mention. Damn it! I I got I got off track. Ben Mendelsohn. Uh, no, I don't want to mention him yet, just yet. Um, don't hide your Mendelssohn under a bushel. Come now, on. Maybe, maybe, maybe I do. Maybe, maybe let's let's just talk about Ben Mendelssohn. Um, so one of the things that I I was listening to that made his character arc in particular super interesting, even even like while I was watching it, I was like, wow, this this character arc, I like this. I love everything that's going on with his character. Um. But all of these other films have basically – there's a comics kind of Marvel code where they don't kill people, right? Um, they don't kill people. But when the Chachari invade in Avengers, the first Avengers, right, they kill all of those creatures, right? Boom, like the big ones, the flying ones, and the ones that are like zapping, riding on them, whatever, right? They kill all of those guys. Eh, no, no big deal. Right. Um, And this film basically takes that mentality and is like, hey, what if all of those like unnamed people, right, the the race of people, what if we basically took them, the scrolls, and said, hey, here's the people that everybody hates and we're just going to kill and nobody's going to give any flips about, right? Nobody cares. 
And then what if we actually take that character and make him a sympathetic character and make him like being hunted down by the Kree and hunted down and he doesn't have a home planet and he can't escape. He can't get far enough away. And that's kind of what they do with this character. And I was endlessly fascinated by the fact that the Kree or the scrolls, if you aren't aware of them in their comics kind of history, I don't really think they get a lot of like dimensionality. They're always the shapeshifters. And so they're always the potential villains. And that's the way that I've always seen them as anytime they've ever been in the comics is they're always villains and, and it's just point blank. And this film really gives them dimensionality and it gives them a sympathetic edge that I really like having known a little bit about the scrolls, I was like, whoa, what the fuck are they doing in this movie? And I was really pleased by that. I don't know if you had that same reaction, Danielle. Oh, I definitely did. For all of the reasons you stated, I was going into the movie and I mean, the marketing kind of hammered this home, but it's like, I think at the beginning of the trailer, the first line Sam Jackson has is the scrolls are the bad guys. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, and I think while it's not a twist on winter soldier level, I do really like the fact that they're like, no, the scrolls here are just trying to find a home. They're not hurting anybody, but they're being hunted down. And I thought that was a really great and really interesting storyline to pursue. See, I, um, I was confused by that or maybe just one of the, once again, it's one of those things that the basic, construction of the movie left me unimpacted by it because all i have is the scrolls are bad the kree are good and then the movie at some point twists and is like oh actually the the kree are i guess bad and the, the scroll are not bad but mm-hmm. like i didn't have any dog in that fight it didn't really ever sure. <laughs> it didn't really ever matter to me and so finding out that it was different than i thought didn't change much for me because I've only known about these two factions for like an hour and mm-hmm. yeah. they, they generally, I don't understand their conflict. And and I think, I think that's one of the reasons why I specifically asked if Danielle had that similar reaction, because mm-hmm. like I mentioned, mm-hmm. it's, it's all of that background and that comics history. And yeah. so it's almost, it's almost unfair because it's like, here's one for the comics nerds. And if it, and if you aren't in that level, you're just like, I don't fucking know who either of these people are. Like, <laughs> yeah, or like, I don't been- have any preconceived notions. Just like, yeah. I think the closest comparison to what they did with the scrolls here was what they did with the Mandarin and Iron Man 3. Like, mm-hmm. this wasn't a, mm. a bone for you. It was a bone for the comic fans. And Right. And yeah. I, I didn't like Iron Man 3, but I thought that the... Uh, juke i guess of the mandarin not being the real enemy was actually like a good twist (laughs) yes um yeah now maybe that's because i'm i'm a human-centric person and so i don't care which alien race is (laughs) evil you're you're a humanist humanist Uh, look up the literal dictionary definition of that and that is fine i will call myself (laughs) a humanist but yeah i (laughs) I think that it is interesting that like if you if you know like a certain level of stuff, then it matters more to you. I I still think that there could have been because even as they were like going to kill the initial group of scroll, 
yeah on that desert that planet. very confusing oh yeah i was just like i'm still lost like are the scrolls like the borg like are they trying to assimilate people without anyone knowing are they like yes. locusts and instead it was just like oh, they, they shapeshift and they're evil and i was like okay but like i like lizards so i'm really actually on their <laughs> side up front uh. and um there was part of me that was like that's that's ronan the accuser from either thor 2 or guardians because i couldn't remember in the moment and i was just like he's evil like is this pre-evil uh-huh. or is he just uh-huh. evil within the mm-hmm. system he's still got his hammer that's pretty cool I don't think I realized that I thought that he was called Ronan the Accuser in Guardians because like he was accusing the the people of being mean or evil and he was going to destroy them. I thought that was like a terrorist terroristic mantle that he'd taken up. I didn't realize that like Starfleet bombarders were known as accusers and now I just have even more questions about that title. <laughs> yeah, and apparently they all have the hair because i think his buddy next to him at, at like the end point i think he also has a hammer if i'm not mistaken at least he's very similarly dressed and i'm like well this is very confusing because i thought i thought ronan the accuser was kind of like a little bit different than the rest but now everybody has his <laughs> same like outfit and i feel like i feel like that that's one of those things where like you walk into this into a party and like someone else is wearing the same shirt and you're like ah oh, you fucking <laughs> asshole like you can't do this to me <laughs> Well, that's I guess that's the that's a thing too in the sense of like going into Brian's like well I guess no the it's not really a, the linear storyline but if it wasn't played as a as a secret and they would have revealed earlier that you know Ben Mendelsohn isn't bad because I mean as it is I'm gonna say it's maybe an hour in that Ooh. would you guys say that's wrong. That's a I mean, real what, what interesting is, question that I have no answer what is, to. That what seems about time? right to me. Okay. 124 minutes. Is, because she is doesn't right. get to Earth until like at least a half hour in because there's all that sure. like weird space stuff in the beginning, which I wasn't a huge fan of. Um, I was going to say like, yeah, I guess half an hour and a half an hour could be good. I was going to say it felt I like they got to hour, Earth pretty quickly. Yeah. But, the, but my point is, like, even if they wanted to, you know, do something a little bit lighter and like I, I to be honest, I did somewhat like the the mystery angle for a little while until I realized what it was. And then it like extremely deflated. But like, honestly, they could have milked a lot more jokes about, uh, you know, morphing into people like, you know, the joke that we're just talking about <laughs> with the surfing. You, you no, I would have taken, wanted, taken you, that. You wanted him to turn into a, ca- a filing cabinet. No, I mean, that would have been honestly more coherent early on. Like, I I realized that, like, as we're talking more and more about this, like, all of the third act stuff doesn't really work for me because for so long we're just – we're being misled. Like, and that's supposed to build tension, but I don't really think it it does that because at a certain point it's just like, oh, everything you know, which you didn't really ever have, like – a really strong sense of is actually wrong. And, and that also relates to her arc. So like, that's what makes it, that's what also makes it weak is like, you know, 
I, I will admit, like, I got goosebumps in the moment where she breaks free. Like, that was something that is – and that's the most, like, explicitly, like, pandery, rah-rah moment. And that was something – but, like, you know, for as much as people are talking about the girl power angle in here, it's in here in the most explicit ways, but also really – really underdeveloped like uh-huh. danielle I, I can't help but think of what you were saying or what you mentioned a little bit earlier uh of how um yeah they they how carol and um excuse me Rambo. Uh, Rambo. Carol, yes carol and maria couldn't do the fighter jets like that could have been something that could have been developed in some way other than just being the plot reason that they you know get along with Annette Benning's character like like there's just such a weird sense that this does have you know the just a girl moments and the and the certain you know um control your emotion stuff but it, yeah, it's yeah. so yeah. <laughs> I loved that I mean I love that stuff I hate when people are like control your emotions so that worked for me but yes that is like just the uh, because literally every hero ever has had to control his emotions yeah, like from yeah, to but like, women are always called irrational yep. when yeah. you get upset or show any sort of emotion. But then you get like a guy screaming about things um, and he's not being emotional. He's just sure. reacting, you or know, it's so, oh, I think it's so good that he's able to show his emotions like this is like, sure, sure. Yeah. If, if like a guy cries, then yeah. Oh, he's he's able. He's, he's, he's It takes yeah, a strong man to cry, Bill. Yeah. And, and yeah, for, for a woman to yell, it's like, oh, that's, that's a drop of a hat. Right. And it's like, oh, Jesus. Okay. That's actually, um, it's super interesting. I was reading, uh, the, the Tan, the, uh, the, uh, the Irish epic from like the four (laughs) hundreds. And, um, I know this is a tangent, (laughs) but in that he, his his superpower is losing his shit like it it, it, back then like the warriors weren't supposed to control their emotions because like it gave you power so like when he goes into like the warp spasm that turns him into a monster it's because he's just furious Uh it's almost hulk like um hulk also an interesting counterpoint to captain marvel being told you know harness your emotions sure sure Main, mainly your your heart rate, uh, as told by the Edward Norton one. <laughs> Is it really? You know what? I'm not going to get into the specifics of the biology of Hulk. <laughs> I do want to say that I no, like I, I I like those moments, but they also nonetheless like illustrate to me how it, it doesn't go far enough. Like in general, yes. in general characterization, like they're very explicit moments. You know, whether it's a motorcycle a motorcyclist who says something sexist or, you know, it's like, those are so, those moments feel so manufactured even beyond, you know, some of the larger things you could say about this being a a product. And that's what makes me just like, it feels so strange that this even feels like this. And I, I loathe doing this, but I'm going to, I'm going to do this because we're an hour in, but like, you compare that to Wonder Woman. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> I am so glad oh. that Michael is the one who did this. Oh, my God. I wish we were in your kitchen right now so I could hit you for that one. 
I keep telling you, knives. Just hit him with the knife. You know, take him I, down. I, I have some. I, I'm having some self awareness about this. I know that there aren't obviously. Fine, go ahead. Only go ahead. two superhero movies, but I'm just saying, like, in a way, that almost felt like more in, involved in terms of its stuff, in terms of its uh, material about empowerment. Granted, there are still problems like a, a love interest there, and there are a number of things that Carol has. Uh, you, over- you, you leave Chris Pine out of this. He is flawless. <laughs> sure. All right. But well, like, we found the thing that most gets <laughs> Bill's dander up. I, I am. I'm just saying it. It is good that Captain Marvel does not have a love interest. That's important. And but it's it's just weird to me that this is the one that's being raised up. When I almost think Wonder Woman had it even more as it like a as a subtext without feeling like this is going to be the moment where she's the badass. This is going to be the moment where she stands up to a man. And maybe that's just cause it was during a, you know, period era or something. But I guess I was just kind of curious whether uh, let's, let's compare these two movies that star a woman superhero. Well, I mean, you have to, <laughs> what else could you ever compare them to? Uh, which is the problem yes the the only two in existence there are an infinite amount of problems all of which a lot of them come from the ways that like society decides to look at things and this is one of them i think that uh but okay no but i just want to say like both of them were kind of presented in similar contexts yes i will compare this other male superhero movies as well but i did just want to mention that empowerment angle because it's it has been the dominant part of the conversation Mike, as much as we get into sexist comparisons. Mike, I, I think it's, I think a couple of things that are interesting here about e- even like taking that comparison to wonder woman, because one, both, both of those films ended up being period pieces because they had to reestablish the origins of the characters that they were trying to do. Right. Mm-hmm. And, and do it outside of the context of the current like lineage slash canon slash whatever you want to call these kind of universes that they kind of end up happening in. Right. And even like the, the new wonder woman is supposed to be taking care or taking part in like the eighties. And it's like, still again, they can't be current because I guess there's, I, I honestly, I don't know why they're doing that. Uh, maybe it's just to bring Chris Pine's character back somehow. And so we can have the Tesseract again. Sure. Oh, sure. You you gotta have I, that I, I, Tesseract, I mean, man. I mean, it's, yeah. I forgot about that. <laughs> oh, that was the only moment in the movie where I was like, oh, for fuck's sake. And I said it out loud. <laughs> I was like, oh, which one is it going to be? And then it was the Tesseract. And I was like, I thought that that was... You know what? I don't even know where I thought it was. I just yep, it took me ten yeah. minutes while watching the movie to figure out where it was and how it could be there. I was like, didn't <laughs> it melt through the ship? But then Stark found it in a submarine, and 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 Shield had it, and they must have given it to. Uh, they must have yes. given it to the scientists. Yeah. So so basically, what we're trying to establish, or what I was trying to establish here, was Sorry. um no no you're fine you're fine um. <laughs> I forgot how how deep that tesseract hole went. Uh, I it, like 
they are trying to step aside from the current lineage and then have their own kind of like storyline. And I feel like Wonder Woman gave less of a shit because the like say whatever you want about whatever is going on with the DC movie universe. But you cannot argue that there is no longer really a captain uh, on that ship, right? Like there's no one really manning that, that vessel. Um, that thing is kind of just being left and right and left and, Oh, Zack Snyder. Oh, Oh, now Joss Whedon, maybe. Okay. Uh, who's running the ship now? And so it's very kind of helter skelter with their storyline. So they were able to kind of, play with some of that stuff a little bit more and here i feel like 21 films in they kind of have this backstory where people are going to kind of throw a fit justly or not like let's be honest it's not just like go go fuck yourself like it doesn't matter that much but still like they have a lineage and they have kevin feige at the helm and they're like no this is what we have and it, it kind of goes back to what I was mentioning. Like it's that square peg into the round hole. And for wonder woman, they were just like, ah, fucking round hold it, man. Like go, go for it. Like whatever. We'll, we'll, we'll make it work from here on. The Amazons exist and they were around in world war one. Sure. So how did world war two happen? I don't know. Whatever. She was heartbroken. She left. Yeah. Like, like whatever, you know? So yeah, they, they kind of do that. And I've heard some complaints kind of on the periphery that like this film, like retcon some stuff and, and even like, you know, the Tesseract is like an issue and that's, that's what you get when you get 21 films deep and you try and do a period piece and you're like, what, what, well, what's which? weird. Th- this no. is, this is, this is so dumb, but I'm going to say it anyway. Uh, I- <laughs> A line that I pull out once a podcast. Um, sandwich in, metaphor? In Iron Man. <laughs> it's not a sandwich metaphor. No. Oh, in Iron it. Man, um, you've got Coulson. And he's mm-hmm. like, I'm from the strategic homeland, whatever the hell that stands for shield. Shield, shield. <laughs> yeah. No, no. Yeah. But he doesn't say shield. He says the sure, He constantly sure. says, says it. it like, yeah. Oh, my God. That's a mouthful. And he's like, tell me about it. it. And then at and, the end and, of the movie, and, he's and then, like, yeah. We're yeah. shortening it down. It's just S.H.I.E.L.D. And then in this movie, apparently fully 14 years before, Samuel L. Jackson had already grokked that it was just easier to say Agent of S.H.I.E.L.D. I super didn't notice that and super don't care. <laughs> I don't I didn't notice either. Maybe Colson, he's always just been more official about things. So yeah, maybe that's maybe. why. Just by um, the book. He's, he's very by the book. I gotta yeah, say very the much thing. So. <laughs> I think this film... In comparison to Wonder Woman, I think that's right, that they were, like, dealing with all these different timelines. I think this film had a slightly harder time than Wonder Woman because it not only has to deal with what came before and kind of what's happening now in the universe, but Endgame or um, Infinity War set up, like, what is going to happen. So it also has to fit in with, like, things that haven't even happened yet which I think is a struggle. And I think that's really difficult. Um, and perhaps why this doesn't flow as well as wonder woman does. It just has so many constraints. Right. Cause it has to plug into 20 previous films. It has to, it's been, you know, jumbled around so much. God only knows what they wanted to be like, first of all. Ugh, and then, I wish I knew. <laughs> and then I think that, you know, they looked at it and were like, well, we can't just have it be an origin story, but like sometimes you just need to do an origin story 
And you just got to try to make the characters good enough that it doesn't feel like another origin story. Um, and I, I don't feel know, like they, I don't know they, this movie did that. I'm confused as to why. Was that her dad shoving her on the beach? I think so. Well, her yeah, dad is a he's, dick. He's what a, a, he's <laughs> a, well, he's the one constantly that's like, you shouldn't be playing sports. And she got in and a I, fast and furious style too. go-kart crash. And he comes up <laughs> and was like, damn it, Carol, I told you not to drive. And, <laughs> and yeah. then on the beach, he's apparently like, sit down, wimp and shoves her. And I was part of it was like, what I really need is a full two hour long movie. That's just what the hell was her childhood? What's like? going on there? Yeah. Yeah. Okay, Danielle, I, I'm not going to try to get you to say that superhero movies are bad because I don't think I can get you to do that. But I am curious. <laughs> like a lot of a lot of history Jesus. we're plumbing here. Wow! Wow! That was a lot. Michael Snydell is also hitting all the usual like hot buttons whenever a new Marvel movie comes out. He's like, well, let's compare oh, yeah. it to DC. Let's compare woman film to woman film. Now I'm not going to try to get you to say all superhero movies suck. <laughs> I've already canceled. I'm just going. Uh, just going, remember, <laughs> I know where you live. <laughs> So, tread carefully. Yes. Uh, okay. So, anyway, I I also know where you live because my girlfriend used to live in that same building. So, <laughs> wait, wait a second. Really? Yes. Yes. I, Michael, can very easily find out where you live because apparently <laughs> I now know a lot of people who know where you live. Great. Cool. Wonderful. I'm gonna lock my doors right now. <laughs> okay. My my actual question is. I, I, you know, and not not that you have sounded frustrated at all or anything, but I'm just wondering, like, are you a little tired of having to deal with this much lore and chronology at this point? Or do you still find it thrilling? Like, I, I know you really liked Infinity War. <laughs> we argued about it a few months ago. But um, I, I, I'm just I'm just wondering, at, at this point, there's been so many movies. Do you almost wish that you could get a clean break. And I guess I should pose this to Danielle and Bill as well. Cause Bill, I know you've been with this series pretty much the whole time. I guess that means that you think that you already know my answer. I, I do know your answer. <laughs> <laughs> not a, not a question there. Brian. I want more lore. How's that for a twist? <laughs> I asked a question this time. <laughs> You did ask a question this time. Um, and I guess my answer would be, I do have a sense of the superhero fatigue of like the comic movies fatigue. Um, I will say that I think I feel it more for the television shows um, rather than the movies. Well, they all got canceled. So you're good. <laughs> I don't know. You still no, got like one shield is still going. You still got, got one flash, more season, but it's still going. Wait, that's Marvel? No. no oh, I thought now. we meant all television shows. No, 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 no. Mm. No. Just just the Marvel ones that were on Netflix and then uh, the one that's still hanging around on ABC. And then Agent Carter got canceled a couple years ago, which yes. is a travesty. But we won't go there on this <laughs> podcast. Um, I Legends of Tomorrow is the only one I should actually watch. I've heard good things about that There's one, like, actually. Yeah, that's one of the 14 CW ones. Yes. Yes. Um, but I do think that while I want more, I always <laughs> want more of things. Like, I want more superhero movies. Like, I want another Thor Ragnarok. I want a Black Widow movie to an extent. Like, I want these things. But I think 
the more interconnected they become, the harder it is to enjoy them because you're thinking of them as interconnected. Um, when you're reading comics, yes, they all sort of take place at the same time. And yes, there's a little bit of interconnectedness, but you're never really asking like, well, where are these characters? Why aren't they here? Or like this thing was happening at this time. Why isn't it factoring in? Because they are seen as very much separate things. Um, and so I wish we had more of that in the MCU than we currently do. It's cool that it's all connected or so their tagline has been, but it's also kind of tiring that way. I Do you hmm. think that you could ever love a series of superhero films that was like James Bond? Like in the disconnectedness, but like the con- like, there's a slight continuity of character, but like, like procedural, almost. Real, yeah. I'd be inter- I'd be interested to see if that could ever be pulled off because I think what that takes is a character that can withstand that kind of like turmoil, and I think James Bond is a very unique property in that way like nobody else besides maybe batman has really even eh, superman does it to an extent but like all of those films like that that all of those films uh are in an age where they didn't do this kind of shit like like marvel really like as much shit as people give marvel like they really are doing something that nobody else has really done before right like bond has been around for eons uh i i won't i won't i won't say their production company okay fine whatever um they They've been around for a while, but none of those stories have really been interconnected until the Daniel Craig stuff. And so, like, we're even seeing, like, they're having a lot of issues with that storyline because, you know, whether wherever you fall, more than likely, like, Casino Royale was kind of like a high point, And then it kind of, like, had a, a little bit of an issue. And then Skyfall was kind of like a, woo, yeah. And then <laughs> after that, it's kind of been like... Um, no, we don't, we don't enjoy this. Like it takes a hell of a captain to basically pull off what Feige has done. And I think at this point, maybe it's outgrown his ability to like contain this as well as he had hoped. And so like, and and, like Daniel's saying, like, if you talk to comic book readers and things like that and you're like, oh, hey, didn't this break the continuity of like issue like 183? And they're like, what the fuck, dude? Like nobody cares about that. Like mm-hmm. like, like, I'm not going to try and re- – because that's the biggest gap I think for a lot of comic book outsiders is for me in particular um, when I – approach a series i'm like wait so this is issue number 150 so do i have to start on number one and most comics readers would be like no don't worry about it dude like just just jump in like go for it and i feel like this now has become because each one of these is such a cinematic like cultural 
moment that people feel really beholden to having seen all 21 before they jump in. And I feel that's unfortunate. And I feel until they break that mold of just being like, nah, don't worry about it. We'll fill you in. Like, like, yeah, you won't catch everything like, like the scroll thing, right? Like, like that's not on y'all and y'all have seen all the fucking movies. So like, Clearly, they're doing something for even like the comic books readers versus just the people that have watched the MCU. So I feel like until they start playing with that mentality and being expressly like vocal about like, don't worry about it. I I feel like a lot of this is going to have issues where the continuity starts to get really muddled. And, you know, yeah, I feel like. This is this is what we end up with is <laughs> the Captain Marvel has to fit in between these two major events and you're just like so so the cat like takes his eye out I guess okay <laughs> you know you're just like I I mean that sure so, that's not that's that's something that I thought was lame and also did not add much to anything <laughs> yeah they also yeah. They weirdly treat his eye in this movie the way that they treat Crispin Glover's arm in Hot Tub Time Machine. <laughs> Okay. I know I, what you I'm, mean, and I wish I did it. <laughs> I, in hot, okay, so let me just say, in Hot Tub Time Machine, <laughs> when... His, his arm is missing. I his, know, yeah, I, so I, like they go to this old ski resort, and they're like, we used to love this place. And then Crispin Glover's there, and he does not have an arm. And mm-hmm. they're like, he's whoa. He's like a like, prosthetic, right? No, he, like, he, he just straight up doesn't have an arm. And okay. he's the bellboy, and he's surly and mean. And then they get into the Hot Tub Time Machine, and they go back to the 80s, and... Crispin Glover's there and he's super happy, really cheerful and has both his arms. And at various points in the movie, there is like Crispin Glover, like juggling chainsaws or like (laughs) trying to fix like a ski lift. And all the guys stop and they're like, oh, my God, is this it? Is this when he loses his arm? And then it doesn't happen. Mm -hmm. And uh, they do that with Fury's eye in this movie, which is this is stupid, but I completely and legitimately forgot that Fury, like, has always had an eye patch in these movies. Oh, God, oh my gosh. <laughs> it's been 10 years and 21 movies. I don't know what's, like, where he's these in, people started. He's been in more Marvel movies than any other actor. Except Stanley. He's shown up in more Marvel movies. Yeah. <laughs> it's true. Um... Also, I guess just to uh, this movie, one of the things that it 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 did was kind of make me feel better about the Irishman, because okay. I now believe that like a a de-aged mocap performance or whatever can can work. Mm, okay, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Sure. To the extent that I'm, I watched an entire movie with it and was only weird for like five minutes. Sure. Yeah, I mean, I mean, given the given the controversy that's come, you know, with de-aging in the past and and things and. <laughs> how distracting it's been. It's kind of incredible that this movie uses it for such a huge part of the runtime. Like yeah. it's, um, so yeah, well, was, I think, I think maybe, good. maybe that de-aging that you're kind of bringing up, Mike is, uh, maybe, uh, secluded to rogue one. And, uh, you that can't was not resurrect de-aged. the dead, but you can de-age <laughs> yes. someone. I was thinking of Indiana, yes. is Indiana Jones. There's, there's another one besides rogue one. I'm Wait, thinking Indiana of, and Jones. I can't remember what it okay. is. Okay. Well, is, is there I think an Indiana I think, Jones thing. 
Yeah, I think so. Maybe. I don't know. Who cares? Um, I I want to mention one thing real quick, and um, I'm sure y'all kind of noticed it, but I think it was really fucking like smooth move Marvel to have that Stanley kind of thing going on in the in the opening credits. Oh, so not a oh not God. a sarcastic smooth move. Yeah, no, like that was no, no. A, that was like, a class yeah. act. It was, that was beautiful. That 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 like gave me goosebumps while I was watching it because like my girlfriend like poked me in the side because like I heard the Marvel music and I was like, I don't need to watch this. And she poked me in the side and I looked up and I was like, are you fucking kidding me right now? Like this is wow. And like I hadn't heard about it. I, you know, I guess I haven't been reading uh, or looking at Facebook or whatever, but like, yeah, I, I was completely awestruck. I am. I really liked it and my audience legitimately clapped. And then once all their clapping had died down, someone else screamed, don't forget Jack Kirby. (laughs) And then that got another round of applause. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. That's good. Yeah. You went to a press. Yeah. You went to a press screening. So you, you went to a audience that potentially knew what they were to fucking talk about. So yeah. yeah. Um, I'll just say that I am exhausted and I am looking forward to Avengers Endgame because once we talk about that movie, I think that we can stop. Hopefully. And then and then <laughs> I, I won't feel compelled to have to see all of these. And I, if one I, pops up that looks good, yeah, which sometimes happens, I will see that and I will just Google the parts that I didn't know. But I will and I'll, and I'll leave. I'll leave once the fucking movie's over. Because, honestly, <laughs> the final end credit sequence of this infuriated me. Because <laughs> midway through, they like, they weren't going to give any anything else away. It was I, always going to be goose. Come on. I was hoping that it would at least vomit the tesseract like into Fury's lap or something. You know, but it was. I was like, if I if I do all this and I just hear. Like the cat going to the bathroom, like off screen, and then a blue glow, and then the blue glow goes away as like the cat kicks cat litter over it. I'm gonna be furious. <laughs> and this was That's somehow amazing. less visually I think inventive we have been than that. that. Instead. Yeah, I like yeah. I like that. I like that better. Uh, one quick note about a uh, goose. Uh, he's apparently portrayed by four different cats. Why? I don't know. How did they made made like four different cats be the same color and like everything like that? I guess I don't know. That's cats, that's a modern modern they don't miracle. Vary that much? I mean, I know, I know, but like just the same. It feels like that's a hell of a thing to be like. Yeah, we'll just have like four cats play this one cat. You know, like dogs. Sometimes it's like two, but like four. I can't imagine. Okay. Anyways. Well, cats are notoriously shitty animals, and I guess you got to have four, because at any given time, three of them are not going to (laughs) cooperate. Brian, I I agree with you about what you were saying about, like... cats? No, about wanting to just be able to (laughs) pick and choose which ones you you see in the future, because I think what's so... Uh, the other weird contradiction of these movies is we're told, you know, they're meant to be an event that you, you have to see everyone to understand everything. But then, then when you take it too seriously, then you have fans say, Oh, but it's just a fun movie. You're just supposed to have fun with it. And I think that like ping ponging expectations back and forth is what makes me so frustrated as a, as a viewer for these 
when they end up just feeling like they just kind of skate by. And, and that's that's what I think at this point it is more than the fatigue. It's the constant expectation of w- wanting something to either feel extremely imp- impactful or just be a good ride and, and not have any compromises in either direction. <laughs> What's funny to me is that none of – I won't say none, but like most of these movies don't even feel like a fun ride. Like I – you know, like even the ones that are like light, frothy action films, the action doesn't – like, I love The Shallows, you know? And that's a movie that's just Blake Lively on a rock with a shark. But that's an inventive, fun, visually interesting, engaging movie with, like, a solid character who's made up of, like, three cliches. And these movies are just visually boring, deeply unengaging, and their characters are only made up of one cliche. And, like, if I can't even get a shallows level of enjoyment out of these movies, like, what is the goddamn point? Like, they're not... I feel like I suddenly just got real mean. You, you got you real did. mad. You did. I'm going to defend my Captain America to the grave. After, after, well, here's the thing. Okay, so, like... Wait, he likes Captain America, though. <laughs> you guys I, will just be... I like <sighs> Captain America, the first Avenger. And then I feel like I liked one of the other ones, but I don't remember which one. Um, oh, my God. Okay. I think it was Winter Soldier. Yeah, it was most Winter likely Soldier. Winter Soldier. Yeah. <laughs> yes, I that's the one where he you... kisses Black Widow, right? I hate so among much. other things. Yes. Yeah, but that's. <laughs> I like that. But... She's like, yes. uh, okay. <laughs> that's, I like that's that because there was that. It. That was the one film that made me feel like these might be like flesh and blood characters with like personalities and desires and interests. Like, yes, it's the best film of the MCU. Uh, Winter Soldier. I think so. Yes, yeah. I will. I'll agree with that. Um, it's like that, and then first Avenger, and then I don't know, maybe Iron Man. Um, first Iron Avenger Man was really good. I liked that kind of like pulp '40s sensibility. I loved mm-hmm. the fact that that movie had like a five-minute musical scene. Yep, and, it's a good scene. And he, so he's great. like wearing the the crappy outfit, and then he like runs away to do a thing. Like it, that movie had some panache to it. And it also had, like, an interesting villain because he's just so weird in such, like, an otherwise grounded movie. And, like, then everything goes crazy. And Winter Soldier I liked because, again, you stripped away all the other stuff. And it was basically all-American Johnny Appleseed boy and former, like, Kremlin operative putting aside their differences to to save the world. And I was so excited for them to be in a romantic entanglement. And then she ended up being like deeply invested in milk toast Hulk. You know, I feel like uh, (laughs) a lot of my enthusiasm for these movies probably died within Ultron. Yes. That was awful. Yeah. I I don't blame you there, to be honest with you. All right. Well, awesome. All right. So I'm mean, but I'm back on your guys' Wait, can we say Civil War sucks, too? Let's keep going. No. No, I sort of like Civil War. No. Civil War's trash. (laughs) Though I will say, I was annoyed with Civil War only because I wanted another full-on Captain America movie. I'm with you on that 100%. Danielle, you're my new best friend. Um, Yeah. (laughs) This is it. The origin story of our friendship right here. Uh, no, where no does it end? It ends with both of us murdering Michael because of his various bad opinions. Oh, cool. <laughs> Danielle, why do you have my address? This is bad. <laughs> what was I going to say? Uh, I was just really shitting on the Marvel films. I said some good things about some of them. I just don't know 
at what point they're really gonna like let go of the throttle enough or like or, or push the throttle forward let go of the steering wheel i don't know the analogy to really give me something interesting you know? i think that they have the ability to and we saw that a little bit with guardians where that one was very when it first came out was very disconnected from everything else i felt mm-hmm. um but then they brought that in too so i think they have the ability they just need the drive to do it i guess I feel like James Gunn got the most leeway. Taika Waititi got a little bit of it too, but like you're still, you know, Coogler. you're still on a leash. You, like you may have one of those leashes that like lets you go out more, but there's still a button on it that'll stop you at some point, you know. And I need, mm-hmm. I need more Coogler. than that. You forgot Did about you say, Coogler. Oh, I thought you said Mueller, and I was like, how are we bringing Trump into this? <laughs> Bueller, <laughs> Bueller, Coogler, Mueller. I think Coogler did a great job in creating his his villain and that that gave that movie a level of like awesomeness that these you don't usually have but I you know I'm on the, the record the as action, saying I thought yeah. the action was not great. Yeah the action I mean besides that opening hand casino hand. sequence I actually like that thought that casino. for a, for the man who made Creed all of the hand to hand action that movie was really muddled and choppy. I thought that the casino scene was too close and it was incredibly yeah, hard to tell like what was going one. on. And then the mm-hmm. – I just had a lot of problems with, shockingly, all the action in that movie. I and think let's, let's – hold on. Let's be fair. The cinematographer <laughs> is different from Creed. So oh, yes. there is there is that as well. So – but but this is – I mean what you're complaining about though is the MCU model of like sure. some people – like this yeah if you're not gonna give me substance give me style if you're not gonna give me style give me substance and most of the time these movies are like here's the diet version of each of those Mm -hmm. and i'm like fuck the diet version like alienate some people but give me those sweet sweet calories yeah. <laughs> yeah, and 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 uh Civil War had some of the best action or not Civil War. Uh, uh Civil War had some good action, but uh no. um yeah, Captain America <laughs> uh Winter Soldier. Yeah, Winter Soldier had some of the best like yes. uh visual combat and that was because uh who was behind that? Oh yeah, the guys behind John Wick. Huh. Interesting. So yeah, because there was a lot more hand-to-hand stuff. There was the elevator fight. There was, uh-huh. but you know, like my TV. my actually one of my main fears coming out of this. And then we should wrap up because we've been talking way too long. Um, we didn't talk about Ben Mendelsohn at all, but that's cool. We didn't mention Jude Law at all either. <laughs> I don't think the movie cares if we mention Jude Law. Uh, I was actually deeply disappointed in the amount of Jude Law there wasn't in this movie. And there came a point when I was like, "Oh, we haven't seen Jude Law in like thirty minutes. He's a bad guy, isn't he?" <laughs> um. <laughs> What mm, I become fair. concerned about as the powers ramp up is that we will just get more CGI soup. Oh, absolutely. We will. And, and um, like, cause I, no I matter like what, Batman's at some point just got to punch a guy in the face. But like, we've got a, a bad guy who can snap people out of existence. We've got Brie Larson on fire. And, um, you know, don't, at some don't point, forget her cameo. Give, give, or a uh, cameo. <laughs> Mohawk. I don't know why that turned into cameo. Because <laughs> I don't know. That's a real good question. Um, I didn't understand her mask at all. Mm-hmm. Can she, she breathe mask. in space or does she need the mask too? You know what? I 
think she could probably, without knowing it, breathe in space because she's able to actually palm the Tesseract and not be burned. Oh, that's right. That's a problem for people. So there's that. And is the Tesseract, like, so if anyone ever destroys the Tesseract, does that mean her powers go away? No, the Tesseract is only the cube that houses the space stone. And you can't kill or you can't destroy the infinity stones okay can you, can you just like, repeat that sentence one more time <laughs> yeah no 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 no. You, yeah you can. no i can you repeat can. it so the tesseract is the cube <laughs> and it's the housing for the space stone which is one of the infinity stones and you can't destroy energy you can only turn it into other things okay but but they do destroy vision briefly in infinity war Right, so he is he is to his stone like the tesseract is to the space stone. Uh huh. So but the she, stone she itself specifically. But doesn't she specifically like split that stone? No, they they took it away from him. They it was trying, basically his battery. They were trying to disentangle it from him without killing him, and then like. It's like if you had like a ship in a bottle and you're like, I want to put this ship in another bottle. And so I'm going to carefully like remove all the pieces. And then Thanos just comes over and drops a rock on the bottle and takes the ship. Well, we can we can curb this discussion later. Um, (laughs) We will have Danielle back for a six hour episode on Endgame where we will talk about legitimately everything. (laughs) Mike Mike will be quiet. Mike (laughs) can dip in and out as he pleases. He will. He will talk for all of five minutes again. <laughs> I took a nap during Infinity War. <laughs> yes, he did. What? Yeah, we did a whole podcast. podcast. Yeah, we. He did a whole podcast where he said maybe like all of ten sentences. <laughs> so anyway, uh, Ben Wilson uh, was real good in this. <laughs> no, he's great in this, and and I I enjoyed the fact Practical that practical makeup. Like, yeah, his his lisp like carried over into the uh, scroll version of him. I was I was pleasantly surprised by that. When he was first introduced, I was like, "Oh, that sounds like Ben Mendelsohn." And then like he turns into Ben Mendelsohn. I was like, "Oh, that's Ben Mendelsohn." I forgot he was in this movie. So I legitimately did not know he was in this movie until Ben Mendelsohn appeared, and then I was like, "Oh shit, it's Ben Mendelsohn." And then I said, "He can't just be like." The, the the assistant director Skinner of this. Like, he's got to be a bad guy, right? Skinner. <laughs> he's so fucking good. I'm sorry that I took an X-Files reference. I can't, I can't tell you where my references are going to come from. They spring up organically from the wellspring of my mind. Sure. Danielle, anything? <laughs> Any final thoughts? <laughs> um... <laughs> I feel like we've said most things. <laughs> Maybe it's not even about the movie. Said, but, you know. I do feel as though we've done a a weird job of talking around many parts of this movie. Yeah, that's okay. I feel I feel like uh, you know you don't you don't come here for the discussion of like what you want to hear. You come here for the discussion of uh, what you end up hearing. So what you never knew you needed to hear. Yeah, exactly, exactly. That's a real good way of saying that we just completely abandoned any pretense of having a structure for this episode. 
Uh, wonderful. <sighs> All right. So that's uh, if no one else has any final thoughts to say on Captain Marvel. Brought to you by Mubi. Brought to you by Mubi. Um, then we are ending to this right now. So as Bill said, we are brought to you by Mubi, the online streaming cinema. Check it out. They got some great stuff going on right now. They've got Abel Ferreira as part of their What Is Not Tour series. Uh, again, we'll be talking about transit very soon. And so if you want to know a little bit about Christian Petzelt, go to Mubi right now where you can see Phoenix and Barbara. Uh, you get a free 30-day trial by going to MUBI.com slash filmstage. In addition, go to Patreon.com slash show and give us your money. And uh, follow us on Twitter at FilmStageShow. And that's it. Um, that's all for today. Thank you for uh, wandering along with us, listeners at home. Danielle, thank you for enduring being a part of this madness. Thank you so much for having me. I had the best time. You don't have to lie to me. <laughs> I'm not lying. We're I best promise. friends now, even, remember. Even though I made a few threats, I did have a good time. <laughs> Jeez. <laughs> Never inviting you back, Danielle. Jeez. It's fine. I'm the you're host, so I have final say, and you're coming back all the time. Yes. <laughs> Great. Sweet. If you um, want to come back for Endgame, though, the offer is out there. <laughs> sounds good. Cool. All right. Pencil it in. It's happening. Um, in between now and then, though, uh, would you like to tell the fine people at home where they can find you online? Uh, sure. You can find me on Twitter. I'm at Zim102090. That's Z as in zebra, I-M-M, 102090. Um, you can also find me on Hypable. I write um, about books and, and Marvel stuff, so come talk to me. Sweet. Did Bill. you write a review? Or anything of this, Danielle? Uh, no, I haven't written anything Captain Marvel specific yet. Um, except I did contribute to a post of like we love lady superheroes, and I talked about my girl Peg. So. <laughs> nice, my gal Peg. Yeah. All right, my gal Peg. Every uh, every dollar is a bullet in your best man's gun. Isn't that what he <laughs> says in that movie? Yep. Yep. Cool. All right. Um, yep. Nailed it. See, I remember certain things. I just don't remember whether Samuel Jackson has an eye or not. <laughs> Bill Graham. Uh, you can find me on Twitter talking about my girl, Jimma Chan, who... We also uh, didn't stars, mention at all in yes, this episode. Who is Hard so fucking it. good in humans, and I was so looking forward to, like, not recognizing her as Minerva, and then, like, realizing... I recognize her for a reason and then looking it up online and then finding out that she's in this movie for like five seconds and has no presence whatsoever. And I was like, that's a complete waste of a character. Like, wow. She's she, a great actress. She does. She's have, in a lot of crazy rich Asians. Yes. I need, right. to, um, I need to see that. So she's uh, it's great. Esther. No, I think so. Nope. I don't know. She's Who the cares? awesome rich sister, right? Yes. Yeah. The one with like the cheating husband. Yeah. What a yeah. what a spoiler uh, alert. Sorry. Sort of mad that we never talked about Crazy Rich Agents, just so I could spend twenty minutes berating that man. <laughs> we could do yes. that. You have a a philanthropic, loving, stylish, gorgeous wife, and you're like, oh, I feel bad because I was born poor and I'm never gonna understand your world. You know what, bro? God, fuck that guy. Anyway, um, <laughs> Preach. Get over yourself. Okay. <laughs>
Gemma Chan is a goddess. Masculine so frail, or masculinity so frail. Is that the hashtag? Because really, I never understood that until I saw that man. And I was like, oh, right. It all becomes clear now. <laughs> yep. Anyways. Piece of uh, shit. Um, <laughs> my my Twitter handle. <laughs> yeah, my Twitter handle is CableBFG. Uh, I'm also mixing it up on the Slack channel. Uh, I don't really do reviews anymore guys like or guys and girls uh i say guys just in general sorry um that's a whole number uh (laughs) i don't really do reviews anymore if you want to hear reviews you can either hit me up on slack or just listen to this fucking podcast because i do reviews here so whoa all right uh michael snydell uh, you can find me on Twitter at, at Snydell, where I would think about how good of a screwball comedy my girl Peg would be, or my gal, my gal Peg would be. Um, and Try it again, Mike. Try it again. Yeah, it, words are hard. I know. <laughs> uh, I'm also on Letterboxd, and uh, I will have an interview going up this week. So, yeah. Uh, Who's it with? That. It's with uh, Kent Jones, the uh, prominent critic and director of Diane. All right. Um, my, uh, I'm writing reviews like crazy. So uh, I wrote a review for Captain Marvel that you can find on thefilmstage.com. Um, I'm also going to have reviews of Us and Dumbo coming up. So I've got it all covered. I should also have an interview soon. Lucky you. <laughs> I know. Um, hopefully, going to have an interview up soon, uh, but I'm not going to plug it just yet. Um, it's going to be it's going to be crazy. Um, oh, <laughs> so what was I saying? Um, yes, you can follow me on Twitter at Brian Jerowen, and of course, you can find me on literally every other p- p- possible social media site at Brian Jerowen. And uh, listen next week when we will be reviewing Transit. So, ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for joining us, and tune in next time. (laughs) Here's a question. Can everyone hear my dog trying to break into my room? Is that dog or cat? That's the dog. The cat is not that big. (laughs) The florkin. So yeah, it's a flurkin. Yes, the flurkin. Jesus. <laughs> um, I think that the dog has stopped. So let's play the trailer. I'm making a game time decision. I'm letting my dog in the room because I can mute her when other people are talking, but I cannot edit her out of my own audio. So one second. Yep. Yep. Did you have to say her name and, and like, say, get in here? What? Did you have to say her name and then say, get in here? No, I said, Lana, would you like to come in? And then she did. (laughs) Okay. Very polite to my dog. Um, (laughs) Are you saying your dog's a vampire? Oh, shit. Wouldn't that be something? (laughs) Anyway, back to what I was saying. Um, (laughs)